The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Are you living a wellness lifestyle? What could it do for you? Join us today on the Wellness Lounge a step further and see how our guests and direction can inspire you to self-empowerment through a wellness lifestyle. Now, here is the host of the Wellness Lounge a step further, Desiree Watson. Hello. Hello again. And i like uh, like to thank you for joining us. And as you all know, I'm quick to say I will not say good morning or good evening because we may have... Uh, so many of our listeners uh, from around the world tuning in. So once again, thank you for tuning in, China, Japan, Germany, Denmark, uh, France, uh, Canada. We love uh, what you will also have to see uh, when you tweet us. So feel free to tweet us at wellnessint. And once again, we're Wellness Interactive, our signature brand is the Wellness Lounge, and we believe that uh, we do take it a step further. We're located at 14 South Orange Avenue in New Jersey, and uh, my goal uh, with uh, doing this uh, show, uh, I get uh, a many feedbacks from the listener saying uh, that you enjoy it, so my goal is always to take it up a step further in connecting the mind the body, the spirit, to empower us all. And you may, who knows, you may know the people we speak about or speak to on our show, or these people are doing amazing things around the world and locally, and they may live right next door to you. (laughs) And so we like to empower you with the thought of connecting that whole mind, body, spirit and also just um, maybe perhaps uh, being great by choice. I use that because this is Jim Collins' book, and I'll be reading a passage from that. Being great by choice, uh, again, can mean just empowering oneself to connect that whole mind, body, spirit. And so on that note, I'd like to read a passage from Great by Choice, and it's by Jim Collins, and some of you might wonder why I'm even reading this, because uh, it is uh, more or less dedicated to corporations and organizations and looking at great leaders. But if you listen to uh, many of the shows, my feeling is that uh, we're all great. We're all empowered, and we do have great leadership skills to connect and navigate our own life experiences. So on that note, I want to read uh, this passage. It begins with, imagine being on a leisurely hike, wandering along warm, sunlit meadows, and your companion is a great mountaineer who has led expeditions up the most treacherous peaks in the world. You'd 
probably notice that he's a, he or she is a little different from others. And I say she because we're all uh, connected, he or she, although the passage says he. He or she is a little different from others, perhaps more watchful of the trail or more careful in packing his small day pack or her small day pack. But overall, given the safe predictability of a glorious spring day, it would be hard to see what really makes this leader so exceptional. Now, in contrast, envision yourself on the side of Mount Everest with this same climber racing a murderous storm. In that environment, you'd see much more clearly what makes him different or her different and what makes him great or what makes her great. Throw leaders into an extreme environment and it will separate the stark differences between greatness and mediocrity. So on that note, I'd love to speak to you about our next guest. And again, as I said, uh, she may live next door to you or uh, any guest that comes on. They're taking it a step further, and they're really getting closer to who we are, grounded in faith, grounded in uh, connecting uh, the navigation experience of empowering our families, empowering our communities, globally, nationally, locally. And today we have Ruth Dugan. She is the past board president of Gilda's Club for the Northern New Jersey chapter. Uh, I'm going to speak a little about Gilda's Club because this is an amazing platform that uh, Ruth also feels passionate about. Excuse me. Gilda's Club was named in honor of well-known comedian Gilda Ratner, who died from ovarian cancer. Uh, At the time, Gilda's Club was facing bankruptcy, having run out of funds and grants that would keep the nonprofit afloat. And, of course, Ruth Dugan was asked to join the board. And relying on her experience as a reporter, a campaign manager, and school board president, Dugan, uh, Ms. Dugan continued to gain support. Gilda's Club is named in honor of Gilda's, Gilda's Ratner, Gilda Ratner. And so, you know, I, I say that because it takes a, a very strong uh, person and someone who is motivated, who's uh, grounded and uh, with uh, so much uh, passion for uh, her community, and uh, that could be local, national, and global. Uh, Ruth Dugan, I am so very uh, happy and humbled that you would come and speak to us because uh, last night you had an amazing event in honor of Gilda Ratner to raise funds for Gilda's Club, and you're here with us this morning. So thank you. Thank you for joining us, and we can't wait to hear all of your uh, exciting news about uh, being grounded uh, with faith and connecting your navigation experience to us. Well, um, yeah, I'm here, and I and I'm, I almost am speechless at that introduction. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, well, don't I thought be, there must because... be somebody else coming on. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't be speech, speechless because um, I'm really. I listen. I uh, if you listen, if everyone listens to the shows, and I'm sure they do. I really, really uh, bring people on that um, I'm, uh, of course, excited about, but I'm so excited about the work you do, but I'm so interested in 
helping our listeners understand what grounds you, uh, how you got to this point of deciding uh, you're going to really uh, give back to your community, locally, nationally. Uh, explain to us uh, where your life has brought you to this point and, and why you do what you do. Well, I do what I do because I'm one of those people who really truly believes that one person can make a difference. Just like a um, gunman can go into a movie theater and singularly change so many lives, you can also do it on the positive point. Right. Beautiful. And, and people are always taken by the by what what person can do in the violence, but one person can also do just as much good. Yes. And and people don't realize they have the capacity to do that. Exactly. Uh, were you were you involved in uh, community service or uh, your community as uh, a child or? Were you well, born? You're, were you born here? Yes, of course you were born. But were you born in the United States or in New Jersey? Or um, well, actually, my parents um, were Holocaust survivors, and wow. so they. Speaking about the difference one person can make, there was a tyrannical ruler who certainly made a huge difference in many people's lives. Mm-hmm. So again, mm-hmm. on the flip side, there were so many people who did good things too, um, and at. After the war, there were some countries when these homes were not available to them anymore, their their local communities, they um, were considered displaced persons, whether it was under Soviet control or... And uh, they, one of the host countries was Sweden. Mm -hmm. So my parents went to Sweden, and my sister survived. Uh, My... um, my parents met in actually a, a camp. Um, my mm-hmm. sister's father was killed, and my father's wife and two children were killed. Wow. And so they went to Sweden, and that's where I was born. And then we emigrated here when I was four. So, you know, of course, when I do tell people I was born in Sweden, and then they look at me because <laughs> it's not this tall, gorgeous mom in front of them. Um, I say, well, my family heritage is not in Sweden, which makes it clearer. Right. But, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, but then we moved to Patterson, where we lived, and, and my parents, you know, um, struggled. We lived with a neighbor. And, you know, the immigration laws at that time were extraordinarily difficult. You had to have um, somebody guarantee that they would you would never become a ward of the state should you need money. They would, really? Oh, yes. That oh, they would wow. support you. I just recently, believe it or not, after all these years, came across a letter from my uncle, that, uh, and I was still in touch with my cousin who lives in Washington, explaining mm-hmm. that. And so, because they did not want to bring anyone in that they would then have to take care of. You right, have to be, right. and they turned people away who were ill. Oh. So, mm. um, so, uh, it, they both worked, and of course, I was uh, a late life child, a surprise. And uh, <laughs> you have those, right? <laughs> yes, and so, um, and I do have a sister who's ten years older than I am. So it was. They both worked all the time. I was actually just learning English, and since my parents were working, they tried to find some place that could accommodate me all day long. Um, a school, 
And at the time, you know, my parents were practicing um, Judaism, and they were Jewish. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't find a school that would take a Jewish child. Oh, my goodness, really? And uh, they they finally did find one. They did find one. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course. Mm -hmm. But, um, so, you know, I realized that there is intolerance of people's differences very early in life. Right, absolutely. I mean, Ongoing. That's, mm-hmm. And that's one of the first conversations I ever can remember he- hearing in English. Oh, so, really? Yeah. So it was, it, it was very interesting to me because it was just a continuation of this intolerance we have for each other that creates all of this strife for no reason. For no right. reason. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, when uh, you were in school or in the community uh, as a child, the four-year-old, the the five-year-old, were you able to reflect on uh, where you would be in two years, five years, or were you just that child having fun and not thinking about anything but what normal kids usually think about, or not, I shouldn't say normal kids, what kids usually think about at four or five? Or were there pressures at all to fit in, and uh, does that motivate you now at all uh, in any way? Well, I'll tell you. I um, Fitting in is something I've never had a problem doing. because I, I believe relate, that. Because <laughs> I relate to people, and I care yes. about people. And... Um, it's easier for me to I was the person who was never in one group I was friends with everybody I love it that's so beautiful uh the universal spirit and you you've mentioned that yeah uh, uh yes I, I have and I, it's because I have always felt that there is nobody in the world that I don't have something in common with Oh, my God, I love it. I love it. So explain uh, who you, I think, would have. Uh, if you, yeah, you, you, have, you're, you have something in common with everyone in the world. Absolutely. Yes, Where does too. that uh, lead you when uh, you become or you're, you're passionate about, uh, say, Gilda's uh, Club and, and what this organization can do for our communities? So if you're connecting with everyone, as you do so eloquently, and that's, I, I just absolutely love uh, how you have uh, you know, created uh, an amazing platform that we can all help with and, and reach back to. So let us know uh, how uh, that happens when you're impacting communities. If you're connecting and you can connect with so many people, how does that impact the community? I can certainly respond uh, by saying what an amazing event you had last night, which was just pulled together at the last minute. So, and that was uh, the tribute to uh, Gilda's uh, Club in northern New Jersey with all these uh, uh, wonderful um, artists that came out. If you want to uh, definitely share, I'd love for our listeners to uh, know uh, how you really impact Communities, and you're not just saying you can connect to everybody. You do it, Ruth, and I'm so happy that uh, I know you well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Desiree. And uh, it's, 
it's actually been an honor to to be in your presence every time I've been in your presence. Oh gosh. No. But this uh, last night no. was really uh, an extraordinarily important night. Uh one of the reasons uh, that it was important was because there has been an a, a push. Well, l- let me just go back very quickly. Gilda's Club was founded as you know by um Gilda Radner. The seeds of it was with Gilda Radner and then her therapist, Joanna Bull. And they wanted a non-clinical setting for people dealing with cancer and realizing that it is not just the person that's dealing with cancer, but certainly their family and friends. And mm-hmm. there was no place for them to physically go, no one to speak to. I mean, they could go to a private therapist, but that's certainly out of the realm of possibility for most people. Right. Or they wouldn't even think about doing it. Mm-hmm. So they wanted some place where people could go and have that kind of support necessary. Joanna Bull continued that program. And you heard um, them mention last night that Gilda did go to a wellness community. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was similar to Gilda's, but a little bit different. It was, it was not as centered on the family. Mm-hmm. So Gilda's Club grew and, and you know, um, expanded, and they began to have a number of them. We also know that it is very difficult for a not-for-profit with no endowment and no federal funding to stay open or to, oh my to goodness. raise the money necessary on a yearly basis, hmm. especially when... You provide all your services for free, but nothing really is free. Right. So um, the wellness community bought Gilda's Club, and Gilda's Club and the wellness community um, formed to make something um, called the Cancer Support Community, which we felt could be anything, and we didn't think it was descriptive enough. Some of the Gilda's Clubs did change their name to that, we use we acknowledge them, but we kept our name Gilda's Club. Mm-hmm. About a year and a half ago, um, one of the Gilda's Clubs announced publicly they were changing their name because nobody knew who Gilda was anymore, and the oh. uproar nationally was incredible. And it was the uproar we were waiting for because we had been trying to get the attention of people to. Um, hold on to this. It's like saying, well, they won't remember who, you know, uh, Kleenex is. Or... I know. That's uh, pretty odd. But, so... uh, 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 Ruth, um, we're going to break for commercial. Can you hold that, that uh, thought Absolutely. for me for a moment? And uh, we shall return. We're speaking with Ruth Dugan, who uh, is empowering us with uh, her passion for connecting uh to people and to the universe, which is awesome. We shall return in a moment. Please stay with us. This is the home of the top life coaches, entrepreneurs, and success drivers. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. 
Family caregivers face some tough challenges every day in caring for a partner, parent, child, sibling, friend, neighbor, or even coworker. You are there to provide the care that these people need after everyone else has gone home. Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley will provide you with a social networking experience. You'll hear from experts and others who are experiencing the same things. And together, you will promote a common cause. Tune in to Family Caregivers Unite twice every week, Tuesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety and on the Voice America Empowerment Channel every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. How do you feel about the future? Tune in each week for Visionary Leader Extraordinary Life with host Kate Ebner. You can be a great leader by learning from the inspiring stories of amazing visionaries who are shaping our future. Everyone deserves to create their own vision, and Kate and her guests will share the tools that you need to make it happen. Make a weekly visit to the Voice America Business Channel for Visionary Leader, Extraordinary Life, every Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. Be inspired. Become inspiring. We're on Facebook along with some of the greatest minds of the world. And that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks again for being with us. We're speaking with Ruth Dugan. And Ruth is uh, speaking to us about uh, uh, Gilda's Club, uh, northern New Jersey, in northern New Jersey. And we were just speaking about um, the impact of uh, Gilda's uh, work and how Gilda's Club actually began. And I think, Ruth, you were speaking about, uh, uh, well, you were showing us an example, speaking about an example, and we left off with a box of Kleenex, so I'd like to pick that back up. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's the branding war, and I think even Coke had realized that the error of their mistakes when they changed their brand for a while. And I think... Um, Can you explain uh, Copet to our listeners who may not know exactly Oh. who... Who or what that company may be? Uh, oh no, no, no! When Coca Cola was doing oh that. Coke, oh Coke, okay, Coca Cola. Yeah, Everybody knows Coca Cola. Yes. Okay, wasn't um, sure if it, if it was another company. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, to your point, uh, many companies will try and uh, switch up the brand, and it's not all uh, effective at times, right? No, absolutely, and that was um, you know a serious error on there. And I think in terms of the cancer support community, it was a serious error on their part. Now, I became involved with Gilda's Club right at the time that they were merging. Well, the merger was pretty much done, and there was just a discussion about the integration. And I brought up those points, and, and, you know, we had a large group that then allowed us to maintain our name and perhaps then fade it out. And, you know, there was great objections. So when that um, hit the papers, last year, it was the 
discussion we truly as an organization, especially North, representing northern New Jersey, almost 5 million people, we wanted to have, and we were thrilled to have it. Mm-hmm. We reached back to Alan Zweibel, and um, he he helped us put together last night. And what we wanted to do was to have a tribute to Gilda Radner, to her life and to her vision and the mission we continue. And I think we were able to do that last night. And it was the first time, to my knowledge, that any Gilda's Club has done that. They have in the past done comedy shows as, you mm-hmm. know, testimony to her her comedic genius. Mm-hmm. But it's the first time a tribute to her was done. And you saw the clips last night of her. That oh, she, oh, gosh, it was just amazing. And it's just so important that... Uh, that legacy uh, uh, continues to exist. I mean, she was beautiful, but funny, really, she, truly funny. And, she was. Uh, you she know, was. It, everyone laughed last night. You know, it, it just it was a, an amazing event. And I can't imagine uh, what uh, anyone who is going through a difficult time would want to do more uh, than laugh. I mean, you, I think um, Ellen mentioned that last night about uh, how she just wanted to laugh when she was going through the difficulty of uh, exactly. conquering cancer and all of that. So um, what motivates you when you're connecting with uh, some of the families that may visit um, uh, the Gilda's Club? Now, I, I do understand that uh, it, it's, it's definitely uh, building a platform for communities and for families to help support uh, someone going through cancer. But uh, the interactive model that you all may present uh, uh, has to have a, a great impact on communities because if there's no place to go where you can relax, get information, and if you like, you can laugh, uh, what... Uh, what motivates you, and what's the interactive model when you're dealing with families? Well, l- let me step back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, again, and, and talking about my personal experiences, I, um, again, I, I feel so strongly that every person can make a difference. Oh, I believe that, and that's why we do this show. It's uh, exactly yeah, and it's taking it a step further, and we all have the capability to do that. So you're absolutely right, Ruth. We can all make a difference. We may just need a little help or a little exactly. insider education on how to do that. So again, I've also always felt that all you have to do. I've never been the smartest person in the room, but I always feel that you have to work if you mm-hmm. work the hardest. Mm-hmm. So my Having you know, having six children, my my um, experiences. Of course, in my twenties, I was doing national campaigns, but then my experience was local. And so, if the school wasn't good, I I worked in you know, worked in the school board. If mm-hmm. my son lived in a community where the hospital, I I was asked to be on the board of a um, hospital. He lived in that community. It, it it was important to have medical care. It was the only hospital there. So, you know, mm-hmm. I was involved there. Mm-hmm. Now, we go, you know, as chairman of the board, we were able to save that hospital. 
which right, is actually right. going into. So now we look at Gilda's Club, which was in, in really um, financial straits because, again, the funding is so difficult. And I'm going to go to a different part of the funding that really um, mm-hmm. upsets me. But, but this is something I'll share with you that most people don't know, and that is um, that my mother died when I was 12 of cancer. Oh. And oh. I can remember, I can remember sitting under a window crying so hard that I thought I should die from the mm-hmm. tears. Because, mm-hmm. you know, when you lose your mother, it's your first. Oh, gosh. It, it's also yes. your first brush with mortality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there was, you know, obviously no, no place to go. There was no support systems. That was mm-hmm. not even thought of. Now, I see a, an organization that provides all of those things. You saw those two young boys last night. Oh, twins, so beautiful. Who lost their mother of pancreatic cancer. Mm. Now, and they went out and raised $250 for an organization that is helping them. They are now the champions of the children in the bereavement programs. That beautiful. Co- that, and they help them get through it. Now, when you think that there are 3 million children in this country dealing with a parent with cancer, 3 million. Now, there are thousands of children with cancer, but there are 3 million dealing with cancer through a parent. Mm -hmm. And they are the invisible sufferers. Mm -hmm. And we are the only place that they can go to have a day of laughter and I, mm-hmm. laughing is important, but also a day of crying, a day yes. of art, a day of yoga, um, a, a noogie fest, mm-hmm. festival, a, mm-hmm. a just an hour to play on the Wii with other kids who know how they feel. Mm-hmm. And, wow. on, and their parents are in another room if they want to be with another support program. Beautiful. And we, we mm-hmm. also do support programs for people with specific cancers. So, because everything presents differently, and it's so much easier to get through it if you know what's going to happen next. Uh. And the other part of of what we do is help people. People came to us a couple years ago. Some of our members came to us, and they said, you know, we don't want to be in a program with people who still have hope. We know we don't have any. Mm. That's very interesting. And so we have programs for them so that they can have more control of their fate. And if you're informed, you can make those decisions. Wow. That's empowering. Yeah, very empowering. And just, um, oh gosh, uh, uh, very brave. But uh, can you you tell us... uh, about uh, the program, uh, because I think it's, it's just, as you just mentioned, very empowering, especially if someone is actually coming to uh, really speak uh, uh, to the group about what their needs are, and one of the needs not being with uh, a, a group who has hope, and, and they maybe perhaps uh, uh, are planning, and they're... Uh, life uh, expectancy for a month or a few weeks or a year. Can you tell us how uh, one of those, the program, uh, would uh, support uh, a family like that or a person? Well, yeah, and actually those young boys' mother was one of those people. Wow. 
But, you know, um, what it does is, and, and it's not ever, the, the beauty of it is it's member to member. So people who are dealing with this, each session, each opportunity, each program, we have people that will come in, a whole host of experts that will come in, and they have the opportunity to speak to them in a way that they never would have that opportunity to do mm-hmm. uh, because mm-hmm. they're more available to them. Mm-hmm. So it's... Um, well, I uh, think uh, it's... Uh, just an amazing platform. I'm so um, really very humbled to be a part of it. Um, Ruth, can you tell us when you uh, first had the, um, I think, uh, not just with Gilda's Club, but just uh, with uh, being empowered to do more uh, with a, a particular platform that's dedicated to helping people um, who are suffering, you know, uh, Period. You know, with empowering themselves, they may have, unfortunately, cancer, or uh, as you mentioned, the hospital that uh, you jump right in because I think they were going uh, to be bankrupt. Also, I'm getting uh, the uh, the the thinking process that, uh, um, uh, and it's my belief too that it does not matter where you are in your life or in your community or if it's national or global. You really need to uh, focus on what really makes us great uh, in participating, you know, great uh, participating greatly in our communities, in our schools, in our hospitals. It doesn't matter where you are, but what makes us great and where does that passion come from? How do you know when to just jump in? Because my thinking is, I, I had my pastor uh, on, uh, uh, he has a, a great book out called Ten, and his belief is that uh, God wants us all to be a ten. And so to me, that's on every level. So you are who you are at work, you are who you are uh, uh, at home. It's 24-7, and you really don't change necessarily. I know a lot of us do, and we have issues uh, making adjustments, but I'm thinking if you just know and empower yourself to just be that person 24-7, doesn't matter. So you can jump in, you can jump in and, and save a hospital, you can jump in and support a community uh, with Gilda's uh, Club. You never ha- have a second thought about that. What's well, your you know- uh, uh, thinking? Is, is that something you feel always, every day, or is this something that began uh, at a certain age? Uh, you know, for me, um, it's not that you, for me, it's not that you know, it's for me that you care. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I, but don't you have to know to care? Because, uh, well, you know, we meet people every day, and it's amazing. Sometimes we have these um, awesome parents, and the parents will say, I have no idea where this person came from. This is not my child. So, yeah, you know, sometimes uh, we do have to, um, you know, like we have to know. Well, I think my, yeah, I think my parents would say they would have no idea where I came from, even though <laughs> I, I'm sure they would. Even though I am the one. Now you saw the um, tap dance of Gilda last night mm-hmm. the, in the tribute where she did the. Um, she said, "Oh, I, you know, I can really tap dance." Well, she really could. But I'm one of those people who thinks I can do things when I can't. And I can remember 
in I was probably first grade. They had a talent show. I had tap dancing lessons. That's what made me think of it because we had that. <laughs> well, I had tap dancing lessons for probably three times, and I thought I could go perform, and I did the same step for 20 minutes. <laughs> so... <laughs> But I tried. (laughs) I mean, nobody told me. You know what it was? (laughs) Nobody told me I couldn't. Right, right. (laughs) I keep doing these things thinking, oh, well, no one said you can't. Right, right. (laughs) That's the key. I love it. (laughs) So keep doing it. I always love your sense of humor. Gosh, so uh, I know, and, and uh, you know, if we look at um, you spoke about uh, uh, the universal spirit once, or well, a, a universal faith. You faith, know, I, yes. I think we spend so much time in this world looking at all our differences, and and I believe that we should honor all those differences. But in the process of honoring all those differences and focusing on them, we forget all the things we have in common. Right, absolutely. And, absolutely. And that's, and that's really um, how I look at the world. For me, we we all come in the same and we all go out the same. And our experiences are, whether it's a parent or a sister or a brother, most of those experiences are the same. You still have that, we all have that same love for the people we care about. And if we could reach out to each other in a universal faith and, you know, practice your personal faith, I have, I, I respect that. I think that's wonderful. But I, it should be a source of comfort that unites you, not separates you. Oh, beautifully said. Excellent. That's so, Oh gosh, that's so true. So eloquent because, uh, uh, to your point, uh, when we, uh, think about our children, you know, if we're really, uh, perpetuating this universal faith, which is just, um, it's, it's within and our, our kids, uh, when they're born, we all know there's studies that will say, uh, nothing changes this beauty and this uh, happiness that they have and they don't know differences differences are taught and so if we are focused on the the universal faith that uh, you speak about uh, yes i think uh, we all will have uh, the passion that uh, you also have right now Um, we're going to break for a moment and we're speaking with uh, ruth uh, dukin i uh Feel she's a legacy of empowerment, and we'll speak more about that when we return. A legacy of empowerment, I think we all uh, can uh, create a legacy of empowerment if we don't have it. Thank you for listening, and we shall return in a moment. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? 
Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Leadership is a vital skill set in today's competitive global economy. Being a leader is not enough. To succeed, you must optimize your performance and know how to imbue others in your organization with leadership skills. Practical, actionable leadership insights are the focus of Leadership Development News, hosted each Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific, noon Eastern, by Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler on the Voice America Business Channel. Doctors Greenberg and Nadler, who coach global leaders on how to be most effective, will share their insights and contacts. The path to leadership excellence begins here. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You're tuned in to the Wellness Lounge, a step further with host Desiree Watson. To find out more about our programs, please visit our website at www.wellnessinteractive.com. That's wellnessinteractive.com. Now, back to the show. Thanks again for tuning in. We're speaking with uh, Ruth Dugan, and uh, I believe she's a, a legacy of empowerment, and I'd love to uh, speak more about that with you, Ruth. And I say this because uh, we all have the opportunity to make a difference, as you mentioned, but uh, making that difference, we really want our children, our grandchildren, we want all of our children to embrace what a legacy of empowerment may mean to us. And uh, hopefully uh, uh, it uh, is perpetuating uh, beautiful things in the world. I know that sounds a little cliche, but it's real. That's uh, universal faith and living together, as uh, Ruth said. So, Ruth, can you speak uh, a little about what empowers you with your family or support from your family or what that legacy would look like if you had to um, pass on all of this wonderful work that you're doing locally well, you know, I think in terms of um, life, and I think, again, to go to a universal faith and to not um, have somebody that you can't relate to, I think one of the most important things that you can do is care. And you have to care and you have to have empathy. And, you know, it's it, I know these are all cliches that I, at some point um, walk in someone else's shoes, understand how they feel. But if my children can understand that, and they do, um, and give back to the community, because when you wake up in the morning, you want to wake up with a goal, and the goal can be as simple as nurturing your own child and making them the best person they can be, or the goal can be changing Mm. something in your community. But there has to be a goal. And, you know, having... um, six children, people used to always say to me, well, what do you do to relax? And I said, well, I'm not really good at recreation. Procreation I have gotten down to that. <laughs> recreation isn't something I do well. It doesn't... Oh, God. It doesn't... But, you know, it's, it's true. I mean, it doesn't give me joy. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't think people should do that. Mm-hmm. But what gives me joy 
is the sense of accomplishment in one way or another every day. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm not suggesting it's, it has to be earth-shattering. It can be mundane. Right. It can be an act of kindness. But whatever mm-hmm. it is, accomplishment and change in, in making someone feel better is what makes me feel better. Oh, I love it. And that's absolutely real. It's, it, it, you know, we hear this, and uh, we often uh, may think it's a you know cliche or something, but it's real. It's absolutely real. I know I feel the same way. What you know, you wake up, and uh, what empowers me is to know that I am uh, helping or yes. empowering other people. My husband always says he'll tell someone, "Oh well, okay, <laughs> oh, just just give my my wife something where she can help." somebody and she'll be okay (laughs) but it's it's beautiful it's a beautiful feeling and i think that if we were all uh doing this together and again it sounds very simple but it's absolutely real and this is why i always speak about uh uh really knowing uh your community or who you live uh next door to or uh, finding out how you can contribute to your communities locally, nationally, globally, it will give you such empowerment. You will feel great about doing it. You'll feel good about it. So tell us about, uh, if you like, I know sometimes uh, our, our children, they don't want us to speak about them, but tell us about your uh, beautiful six children, and you have grandchildren, right? Um, yes, 17. What? Oh my God! Seventeen. Oh. Mm-hmm. I do. Wow. Now that my, I didn't know. Well, what? and my husband is always saying to me, "Why is it always wrapping paper in the house? <laughs> All over the house?" I said, "Because I'm always wrapping gifts." <laughs> Seventeen grandchildren. So your children or grandchildren? Uh, are any of them involved in uh, local? Uh, community service activities, or and and I say this because we know um, right. the, the kids, the younger kids, it's, it's Girl Scouts, brownies, it's all of these things, and most of uh, our kids are always giving back, and we do uh, present that uh, in their world. I, I'm hoping that most of us do that because you also mentioned that we just need to nurture our children and love our children. But tell us how um, uh, you get. Uh, uh, that support from them and how you're supporting all these beautiful children. Well, you know, I'm happy to say that, that they all do give back to the community. My one daughter is now on the board of um, a mentoring organization in New York, which has um, taken those children who showed promise and have an opportunity to go to college but requires some of the skill sets and the mm-hmm. pr- preparation for App, you know, putting the, together the application, et cetera. And she just joined that board. She m- mentors every Saturday morning. And wow. um, last year, the one child that she, one young woman that she mentored is at NYU this year. Oh, so she's, excellent. Yeah, so she's thrilled to death. Um, oh, my goodness. Um, my other daughter works for the World Policy Institute, and um, wow. she has given back on, on every level. And oh, my God. My son has also, um, he's always been involved in local politics, but um, 
the local giving part of it. I mean, he's the one who fills the food banks, and he's the one who... Um, I once had a Christmas party, and the goal was for everyone to bring gifts to bring to um, one of the local city ch- um, shelters. Mm-hmm. So, and those are all and all things that he does. As a matter mm-hmm. of fact, as a child, we used to laugh about him because as he's now vice president of uh, North Jersey AAA. But as wow. a child, <laughs> he would come home from a birthday party without the goodie bags ever when I knew they were giving them. <laughs> and I said, I used to say, James, didn't you get something? He said, yes, but somebody else wanted another one, and so I gave it to my And I said, oh. my husband, you can never stop working because I think he wants to be a philanthropist. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness, I love it. Oh. But but I've been fortunate because I have two son-in-laws who are actually um, in industry, and through their work, they've been very supportive of Gilda's Club. And, um, for instance, my one son-in-law is um, the CEO of Newell Rubbermaid. And when we did the kitchen in Newark... Mm -hmm. So that's the new the new house that's been open that's right. for one year. The club, rather, the Gilbert yes. Club, across the street from Beth Israel. Mm-hmm. We got all of the kitchen necessities from them. Wow! And oh. my other son-in-law, who works um, is an executive at NRS, which is a logistics and trucking company. Whenever we need anything, they're there for us, and mm-hmm. so. I'm glad that my daughters are also ha- raising uh, families that are doing the same kinds of things that I'm wow. trying to model, that you try to model. So, mm-hmm. you know, it is, um, it's important because the next generation, if they don't get it, we're in big trouble. Oh, my goodness, if they don't get it. And if we're not uh, presenting it to them or if we're not uh, really uh, uh, keeping them active with what... Right the give back is and that sounds again like oh, what what's the give back nowadays yeah we we speak like that what is the give back what's the takeaway what is all that and so if we're not uh setting that uh up for them uh it it can be devastating for of course the next um generation to walk into taking over or walking right. into anybody's shoes at that right. point so oh, no, um it, it's you, it's to me Listening to you and uh, listening at uh, the values and the uh, compassion you have for uh, giving back, it, it's no surprise that your your family, your children, and I'm sure your grandkids will uh, definitely uh, be empowered with your legacy. Because let me ask you, do you really think and, and, and feel that uh, – uh, a child or a family can make a difference uh, without the leadership of uh, a parent uh, or a parent, I should say, a parent motivating them and or, or just by being that role model. I mean, there are people that do things and maybe perhaps their, their parent was uh, not involved in community service or giving back, but... Uh, is the takeaway just to create that legacy or that model for them to uh, mirror? 
Well, I think you want to do that. I think in the perfect world, you want to um, give your children the opportunity to learn um, how imp- how and what is important mm. in mm. in in the world and how they can personally make a difference. That's the perfect world. But mm-hmm. we all know that there are people, and I'm actually one of them. My parents were too busy surviving to teach me to give back. Right, exactly. Um, mm-hmm. And and there are are people who you know grow up under the most extreme conditions, but figure it out and say, you know what, they look at the world and they say, I can make a difference here. I can do something. Or, as I said for my tap dancing, no one tells them they can't. (laughs) So sometimes it's just a a self-awareness. Right, absolutely. Obviously you want to nurture it. Obviously you want to model it. But sometimes our kids don't even accept our modeling. No, that's so real. That's very true. So uh, you, I'm sure, have a great uh, support. Uh, uh, well, well, you have great support, I'm sure, from your whole family, but uh, your husband, I, have, I would think, is very supportive also. Well, no, actually what I have is you're going out again. You're going to do what? <laughs> are I we can gonna, relate to that. Are we going to see you? <laughs> Just tell me where you're going. What do I have to do? <laughs> but no. see, the beautiful part about that is, yeah, they get to complain, but they also show up. He was there at this amazing event last night. Uh, uh, I'm sure laughing like all of us were. <laughs> well, you know, my husband was, you know, as I was raising the children and doing other things around the home, my husband was the Democratic state chairman in New Jersey. And oh, right. yeah. and a state senator, and there was, you know, there was a lot of times that I had to um, stand by him and help him, even, except for the one time that we were on different sides when I was right. camp- <laughs> I was campaign chairman for Jimmy Carter, and he was campaign he was the state um, Democratic chairman, and he ran a slate against me, anybody but Jimmy Carter. Oh my goodness. So, um, other than that time... <laughs> you still survived. I love that. That happens in my house sometimes. Maybe not on that level, of course. It's just, okay, who are you going to vote for? And we could be voting for someone totally different. But uh, that, uh, oh my goodness, and you're, you're still married. That's pretty cool. <laughs> well, it, 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 it is. But, you know, our marriages, and I'm sure it's like many marriages, um, he always says, you know, sweetheart, things would be wonderful. You just did what I tell you. And my response to him is always, sweetheart, things would be wonderful if you stopped telling me what to do. So. I, that sounds like a, a very successful marriage. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> you have your position and he has his. Right. <laughs> I Can you uh, please tell our listeners uh, where uh, they can uh, find all the amazing uh, things that you're doing now, where the, the work that you do with Gilda, where can uh, uh, they listen in? Or I don't know if there was a video last night that was produced of this, for this amazing show and if it's going to be available. Actually, there was. And actually, there was. And, you know, my favorite video was the one of the boys that filmed it themselves of what Gilda's meant to them. Wow. 
And but Beautiful. the whole there was a video of the whole thing, and um, as I said again, uh, you know, they're in um, in the kids like me support group that's for children five to twelve who've lost a loved one to cancer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and so the Gilda's Club, uh, that that's uh, oh my gosh, you know, just to watch them last night uh, uh, be uh, so involved with. Uh, uh, this amazing show, um, and so young, uh, it, it just uh, touches so your heart it's, it's because so you realize articulate. they can get up and, and right. uh, speak to a crowd of 600 people oh. and be yeah, okay with that. But last night it was 1,200. 1,200! Oh, my goodness! That they well, because I thought Brooke Shields or someone said, oh, 600, but 1,200. No, yes, well, because it was had... a sold-out show. Yes, yes. So last Beautiful, sold-out show. Well, listen, I'm hoping that also uh, the show will be produced again, but I know that uh, uh, there's uh, uh, an event happening in the spring, and you have events, uh, or we have events all year round, right? right. No, we do. Can we just give them the website in case Absolutely. Go ahead. Go so for it. So it's Club. NNJ.org. Beautiful. And uh, I believe uh, you can uh, sign up to volunteer, donate, 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 because right. it's going to a great cause. Please donate. Uh, the website, you can go on at any time. And I just want to say I have uh, just had a great time with you today listening and uh, just uh, – you have empowered me, uh, Ruth, as well, uh, as I'm sure some of the listeners, uh, just knowing what uh, has helped you to navigate this beautiful space and this beautiful aura that you carry with you always. I love it. I love being in your presence. And I want to thank you for coming on the show. And please come back and share with us uh, some more uh, empowering, a step further legacies. Okay? <laughs> Thank you, Deirdre. It's really been an honor to be on the show with you. Thank you. Take care. We'll Thank speak you. and see you next Monday. So tune in. Thanks for listening. Thank you so much for joining us this week for the Wellness Lounge. A step further. Please tune in next Monday morning at 6 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another great show featuring your host, Desiree Watson. We'll continue to show you how to incorporate a wellness lifestyle and live a better life.